0: Well hi everybody, I'm coming at you today with a special episode of Artifice, Um, doing a little deep dive, little song diary business on um, track three of The Hallowed Wide, which came out last week. Um, Happy Valentine's Day, I'm actually recording this just yesterday, so I'm recording this on Valentine's Day. I've been uh, putting it off because I've been battling a terrible cold. Um not COVID, which if I'm being honest is a little bit frustrating to me. Like I hate the idea that I could be, you know, have like a solid week and a half, um, you know, feeling sick and having to cancel stuff from this, uh, this little cold that I have and then also get COVID. It fills me with rage just thinking about it. Um, but you know, yeah, I guess it's great that I, that I do not have COVID. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. I mean, I think I probably could have recorded this last week, but I wanted to be in a better mood because I, I like this song so much and I want to be able to kind of have, um, you know, presence of mind to tell you about it. So, um, the way that I have been doing these, it's now the third one, is um, I'll just, you know, chat a little bit with you up front, kind of give a little update like I always do, a little intro for the pod, and then pause and play the song um, and then and tell you about it. So um, I, I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably a person who, um, pays attention to a lot of the stuff I make. So I want to make sure that I give you like the best, the best info and kind of the most honest truth. Um, so I want to tell you, if you're listening, um, one thing that's kind of changed since Bitter Roots came out in, um, October is I started working with this great PR company in New York. Um, they've been giving me a lot of kind of pointers and, um, you know, helping me kind of, um, you know, ha- try some new strategies, um, which is which is part of the reason why Quicksand has come out in February instead of January, as I had kind of originally planned. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, as you're paying attention uh, to kind of the rollout that's coming, that's coming next, um, and throughout the rest of this year, that you'll be seeing some some new exciting things, and and I'm feeling hopeful, and um, hopefully that kind of leaves you feeling hopeful with me. Um, gosh, okay. In terms of what's going on, other than this ridiculous cold, um, yeah, like I said, I've been working with this PR company putting together um, a release plan for you know the rest of the Hallowed Wide, and this project is this project feels so um, just expansive and interesting to me. It's nice to have, you know, a little team of people who see that also and and are helping me think of the best ways to deliver it to my listeners. So I'm excited about that and kind of you know, busily strategizing what, what kind of come next. And I'm just, I'm excited for you guys to hear the rest of the album and to, um, kind of see everything that's coming along with it. So quicksand is uh, track number three of the hallowed wide. Um, depending on you know how closely you've been paying attention you may have noticed um, already or you may have kind of heard me talking about that I've written this album in in four parts so it's 12 total songs there are three songs in each part um, and the parts are first descend then divide make it hallowed make it wide which is this little like spell or like a little mantra that I kind of like wanted to overlay on this, on this record and for um you know again kind of the broader context because it's been a minute the hallowed wide is a metaphor for the sacred distance between people um You know it's a it's an unknowable distance in many ways it's a it's an uncrossable distance you can never like really fully know another person or really understand where they're coming from so that distance is there um and in some ways kind of impenetrable but it's also such such a a sacred and important distance to attempt to cross so the entire record is kind of um you know, dealing with this idea of, of, um, trying to, trying to really understand another person or, you know, another, um, like a a group of people, um, you know, any, any kind of distance, even, you know, trying to kind of grow into a, a new version of yourself. Um, So when I was thinking about these four parts and I was trying to, when I was writing the album and, and thinking about, you know, the journey that I wanted to, um, take the listener on and how I wanted to kind of break down, you know, um, you know, the different ways that we can conceive of the distance between people. Um, it kind of, it kind of made sense to me in these four parts. So the, the beginning is the beginning of these journeys are, are about, um, making a decision to, to dive in. So the first three songs, the hallowed wide, bitter roots and quicksand are all kind of, you know, premise or not premise. Um, gosh, what's the word? Like it's, um, like, like prolog I, I don't know um kind of the the decision making um internally and independently before deciding to to kind of really invest um so the hallowed wide is all about i mean the hallowed wide the song not not the record the hallowed wide is all about you know perceiving this distance perceiving the um the struggle that happens when we we are disconnected per- perceiving these um this pain and kind of saying you know I don't know what I'm getting into but I but I need to go um and kind of um you know it ends with like the last line of the song is come up to the edge and step inside so you know the song starts with um you know the, the proverbial hallowed wide being this like a descent, you know, down a cliff um, and then into kind of the actual hallowed wide, which is kind of at the bottom. Um, and then the last part of the journey is us ascending back up kind of the other side. So um, so if the song the hallowed wide is, you know, coming up to the edge of this terrifying um precipice and choosing to, um, choosing to, to step inside, then Bitter Roots is kind of in this descent, you know, climbing down, grappling with, um, these, you know, like climbing down on, on, um, gnarled roots kind of coming out of, I picture coming out of the side of this cliff, um, and kind of negotiating like how far down we really have to go, um, battling with, uh, you know, discussed maybe of like, how did it get this way? How did we, how did we get ourselves into such a problem? Um, A lot of realizations. So I imagine when we get to the end of Bitter Roots, we're kind of on the ground floor of the, again, proverbial hallowed wide. And quicksand takes us to the beginning of kind of uh, making a decision to, once we've, once we've descended, you know, to kind of step in. So, um, so quicksand is kind of, uh, I picture like we're getting to the bottom of this cliffside and looking into, you know, uh, kind of like a fantastical, like swampy, foggy, misty, unknown, you know, kind of scary, um, but also beautiful and kind of tantalizing, and and walking into that. So um so that's kind of the setup and I guess before I play the song I'll say kind of one more thing which is so you know this is maybe just a, a a my brain kind of thing but I I hope it's something that my listeners find beautiful but you know when I set out to write this record I was thinking about these two things so I'm thinking about the reality like our you know non-fantastical journeys as humans into Understanding ourselves, into understanding what it means to be human, understanding what it means to love someone else, to un- understand someone else, um, under- knowing what it means to not understand someone else at all. Um, so I'm thinking about these kind of very real, real life, um, super kind of visceral um, puzzles that we're solving as people. And I'm sil- simultaneously thinking about the ways in which I want to overlay these very real human experiences onto a fantasy because I, I like both. So I think the the beauty of you know this kind of a of a method for me and you know it's it's not a film, it's not a it's not a novel. I have the luxury of, you know, tapping into this metaphor however I want and in different ways. And because I have this overarching metaphor and this overarching storyline and an overarching theme and purpose, but then in each song, I get to go in, uh, you know, to whatever kind of vignette, um, like a, like a little chapter that lets me tell the story that I want to tell there the best. Um, the actual song quicksand itself gets to be, um, something that I can take out of this narrative and it can stand alone. It can be its own little story. Um, and then we can kind of set it in, you know, to the puzzle and let it kind of live there and it's in its context within the larger piece as well. So I'll explain more, but, um, that's the setup. So as you're listening, I'm going to, I'm going to play the song now. And as you're listening. Um, I'd love for you to mostly try to listen to this song as a kind of standalone, see what you think. And then, um, I'll further contextualize it and kind of take you deeper in, in just a second. Okay. Here comes quicksand.
1: time. to Don't you to
0: loved it. And I actually love like originally my plan was to release this in January, but it actually feels so appropriate for it to be out at the beginning of February because it is such a love song. It is it's such a love song and it a, a very particular, you know, naive kind of love that we I mean, we as humans love so much. It's that kind of very beginning very beginning of a love story um that, you know, without the the context of time it can be so perfect um you know and and love never ends up really being that way you know it's always multifaceted but at the beginning it can be this beautiful thing so so when uh, again when I was thinking about how to tell this last bit of the story of the descent I wanted to capture the thrill of it so you know um bitter roots is pretty dark and it's kind of capturing the, um, you know, the, the difficult things that, that we can, um, what's the word, like have to negotiate when we're trying to really empathize with another person. Um, especially if you're trying to empathize with a person who has a really different background from you, sometimes, you know, making the decision to empathize with that person means having to, you know, realize your own privilege or, um, you know, having to grapple with some things that maybe you never had to think about before because you've, you've never been in the kinds of positions that that person has been in. And I feel like that's a, a really important chapter to include, um, you know, as we're discussing what it means to invest in getting to know another person. Um, But investing in investing in getting to know another person can also be like kind of a selfish endeavor. Um, when you don't know anything really about another person, choosing to invest in them can be, I mean, it only lives inside your own mind at that point. You haven't yet really gotten to know the other person. So it can be a fantasy, it can be kind of a thrill. And um, I I certainly didn't want to leave that experience out of this overall story. So um, I decided to kind of put it as the third, the third chapter in this story. um, Because, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's this final, this thrill that maybe a lot of times propels us into getting to know another person. Um, what am I trying to say? Like, like we're not always selfless about it. Like sometimes, sometimes getting to know another person is, um, yeah, quite, quite self-centered. Um, what we really want, um, we're really kind of, uh, interested in how, what this person will become to us you know we're we're imagining ourselves as a main character in a story and we're maybe not really seeing this other person and and it, you know that doesn't have to be bad you know it, it's maybe bad of it um, i'm just kicking the percussion equipment that's under my desk do you hear can you hear that I have, um, a shake a day under my, under my desk, whoops, kicking it. Um, what was I going to say? It doesn't have to be negative. It's like, you know, it can be this kind of beautiful thing and it, and it just is what it is. I mean, it just is what it is. We are after all, uh, you know, primates. So, you know, I think all of these things are interesting, but, um, I do also want to tell you that I wrote quicksand last. So quicksand is the final piece that I composed for this project and, I just felt like there was something missing in the front half of the record. Um, it was really important to me writing to have, you know, at least a piece in each of these three, in each of these four components, first descend, then divide, make it hallowed, make it wide. I wanted to have a variety of colors within each of these pieces. So, um, the first, uh, the first part of the story first descend, um, I didn't want it to be only dark. So quicksand is kind of this last part of, you know, puzzle, puzzle piece that I was figuring out. And as I thought about how I wanted to tell this story, um, I decided that the, the best way to kind of capture this beautiful feeling was to kind of write about the very, very beginning of, of, of potentially a new love. But, you know, new love often starts as infatuation and that infatuation can, can sometimes grow into love. It can sometimes grow into heartbreak. It can sometimes um, grow into an embarrassing memory that you try not to think about, um, you know, whatever, but at the very beginning, it's so delicious. And I, and I think most of us, if not all of us have experienced at least a hint of that of meeting someone who just fascinates you, who you're captivated by, who you're so curious about. And <coughs> the kind of the gorgeous mix of, you know, um, like, a, an exhilaration and a dread. Um, it's so, it's like maybe one of the most, um, heightened experiences and something that I think we all crave and, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's so delicious. So So that's kind of, I I went into the composition process knowing that I wanted to write about that moment. Like what I imagine is the first, you know, maybe just five hours of, of kind of, um, knowing a new person that's, who's exciting to you, kind of this perfect, like enchanting, you know, evening, um, I kind of imagine it being pretty mysterious. Like as I was writing, I was imagining, you know, meeting someone, um, kind of unplanned, um, and then sort of just, you know, spending a little bit of time and okay. So muse. So I started out with these ideas, you know, I wanted to try to capture this feeling musically. It was really important to me to keep this one simple. So, um, this is the first and so far only song I've ever written that has the same chord progression throughout the entire song. It was actually like kind of difficult for me to do. I felt uh very tempted <laughs> to change the chords. Um but uh but I when I when I started writing, I thought, you know, I'd really like to try to keep the kind of underpinning the same, like to not kind of let it evolve. Cause, cause I think that's kind of the point, like it's not going anywhere yet. We're kind of in this, um, yeah, we're just in this kind of like this little, this super, super zoomed in moment. And so I, I didn't, I didn't want the chords to kind of take us anywhere new. So in terms of, you know, I, you guys know, I love to do, um, I love to kind of paint a picture with all the different layers. So, uh, so harmonically, um, that was kind of one way that I, that I wanted to try to do this to have the chords, um, just loop. It's the same four chords, four measures that loop the entire song, which, um, you know, lots of, lots of popular music is, um, functions this way, but nothing that I've ever written functions this way. So it felt important to me and I want you to know it was a conscious choice. Um, <clears throat> with that in mind, I also was thinking about, you know, how can I come up with a chord progression that that serves the story that I want to tell? Um, I really wanted to have a, a balance of major and minor. Um, and I wanted for all the chords to to be kind of s- stable in one key so the first chord is F sharp minor the second chord is A major the third chord is C sharp minor and the fourth chord is B major so we have exactly even two majors two minors um which I hope leaves the song feeling kind of exactly balanced and not sort of committing to you know either sort of quality or, or color um next I I so I knew that um when I started, I knew that I wanted to, I knew this, I wanted the song to be called quicksand. Like I kind of had this idea and I, and I knew that I kind of wanted to use the words into the fog. Um, I I wasn't sure if I wanted to say like, will you take me into the fog or like, so here I go into the fog. Like I wasn't sure how I wanted it to be exactly, but I knew I wanted to save this kind of like into the fog idea for the chorus. Um, So I I had that in the back of my mind, but I hadn't written anything yet. So I started with the verse, and I just I just wanted to capture like this feeling of being totally mesmerized by another person, like seeing them heightened, seeing them, seeing like their their kind of every word, every move, every, you know, shadow on their face, every, you know, um just little tiny feature um, just feeling like poetry and, um, you know, to kind of like, like zoom the entire first verse into just looking at another person's face, like looking at who they are and just feeling totally mesmerized and absorbed, um, by, and and just captivated by this person. Um, it was important to me to have this, um, Like, as I was kind of playing these chords just in my piano, like playing them in a loop, um, kind of playing them with this pulsing rhythm, I wanted the first lyrics to be, like, percussive. So it would be funny, maybe someday I'll kind of record myself writing. I think it would probably be in most ways, like, a very boring to watch and to listen to, but... Sometimes I do this thing where and, and in this song it's certainly true, where I'll kind of um like I'm not even quite saying words. I'm just sort of like as I'm playing, kind of like mumbling. Because one one thing that's when that I do when I'm writing is I, it matters to me how the words actually feel in my mouth like sometimes i i know what i want them to feel like like on the tip of my tongue and the back of my tongue before i've written them so you know as i kind of um homed in on this this l- like using kind of look at the um i really like the way that feels like it's so like my jaw hardly has to move. My lips don't really have to move. It's all kind of these like percussive motions in my tongue. Um, look at the light, look, look at the light. So anyway, I thought about that a lot and I kind of got the feeling right. And I knew I wanted to use like, look at the, um, as the kind of anchor for this verse. Um, it just, it feels so like, it feels, I hope the listener can like almost feel it. (laughs) Like, um, this this kind of very narrow, very lasered in, um, percussive feeling. Um, hardly any movement, but so much movement, you know, like these little details, which is how it should feel. So maybe that's like just a little glimpse into kind of how my brain works when I'm writing. Look at the light, look at the way it hits you. Um, and I see those as like two different things, not kind of like the slow unveiling of one idea, but um like I picture this like gorgeous, like twilight light, um, like the light, the, the quality of light, you know, in the space, I, I picture it kind of outdoors, I think. Um, but just thinking like this light here is so like mysterious, like I I can't get enough of like this perfect moment. It almost like, if the light is going to be like this, it has to mean something. (laughs) Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I certainly feel like that sometimes. Like, you know this this moment is so like literally visually beautiful it has to like have some meaning like there has to be some weight behind it it's like look at the light look at the way it hits you and imagining like you know looking at this person and just seeing like their bone structure or, you know, the light bouncing off their hair or the light bouncing off like the curve of their neck. Um, and just feeling like, am I looking at, like, am I looking at a work of art? I'm so taken with this. Um, look at the way it hits you. Look at the rising tide. And for this one, I feel like it's kind of both like, so I'm picturing this Happening like near water, like on a beach or, you know, maybe in a in a in a restaurant or a cafe that's kind of like or I guess a bar because it's nighttime um, that's, you know, kind of next to some water. Um, but like, look at the rising tide. So that can be, that can be literal, but also like a feeling a tide kind of rising in, in us. Like, like, look at, look at the way, like, can we observe the way that this moment is heightened and that it, it grows like more and more heightened every moment. Look at the way you move through shadows. Um, and again, I think we're starting to enter kind of a metaphor here. Like, you know, this can be like a, like a true, beautiful, like even just seeing a person, like, like if you imagine sitting at a table that's dimly lit, maybe there's candles, um, you know, even just reaching to grab like, you know, a glass of wine, um, or like reaching up to kind of like pull hair out of our eyes can be, can be moving through shadows, you know, like the shadows can be, um, so present in kind of a, in kind of a, a microcosm like that. But also, you know, as you're talking, like if you're imagining yourself like on a first date or, um, you know, in, in a very first interaction with someone that you just have great chemistry with. Um, and like, don't get me wrong. This isn't something I've experienced like a bunch of times, you know, like we, you know, these are, that's kind of the point, right? It's these like magical moments of like, if I'm having this much chemistry with this person, like, doesn't that have to mean something? And I think most of us know that like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean a, 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 Uh, a decades long love story. It might mean something else. Um, But, you know, watching this person move through the um, metaphorical shadows too of like, you know, you're a stranger, like this person's a stranger to you. Um, Look at the way you move through shadows. Look at the time. And I see that as being like, it's just it's just the time is just going by. And we have we have such heightened chemistry that you know, it almost feels like it's a moment and like an hour has gone by. Look at the walls shifting in the breeze. And now, now the, this line to me feels like a full, um, like we're in metaphor now and we're talking about like our emotional walls, maybe seeing little flickers of vulnerability, little flickers of a wall coming down, little flickers of a wall not coming down, you know, kind of seeing like, or wondering like, is that, um, is this person hiding something? Like, is that thing I'm seeing something? Is it nothing? Um, shaking every time you breathe. So, um, this first verse is very centered around, you know, us as the viewer observing this other person. Um, it puts the other person in, you know, quite a bit of power. I think like here I am as the viewer fully captivated by this other person noticing that the time is going by without my attention, noticing that my personal, you know, kind of, um, protective walls are, are feeling pretty shaky. Um, and that, you know, these internal walls of mine and my own vulnerability, um, are, are, um, at risk of falling at the slightest movement, you know, like a, like just a breath, you know, almost nothing. Okay. So then in the pre-chorus, I see us kind of, as the viewer kind of zooming out and going like, oh my gosh, okay, what's happening? Looking at the story, um, like if, if I'm kind of like, you know, a third party observing this interaction, what is happening? Like, is it my story? Is it this stranger's story? Um, and maybe feeling a little bit of fear there. I wrote about this somewhere else, so some of you may have seen it, but when I was writing this, I took a lot of inspiration from uh, Joni Mitchell's song, I Don't Know Where I Stand, which I think tells a really similar story. It's a story about falling in love. It's a story about the very beginning of a relationship. Um, And I mean, I think we all know that moment so well of like, you know, noticing like, Hey, this person is really, I'm really moved by this person. I'm really interested in this person. I'm starting to care about this person. And I care what this person thinks about me, but like, do they care what I think are like, is this being reciprocated? And, um, it's, it's really something that, you know, these kind of incredible moments, these such rich moments of, you know, potentially falling in love with someone (coughs) are sort of tainted by this like terrible fear, um, of wondering, you know, am I getting myself into trouble? Am I being too vulnerable? Um, and I, I think sometimes that fear like ruins some of our like great loves, you know, we kind of just say like, well, I don't know. And so I'm checking out, um, you know, and I, I think that's kind of the point of this song. I don't know, but I'm, but I'm not checking out. I'm diving in. Um, and you know, I maybe am totally full of shit here because the reality is um, I've been with Andrew for 12 years <laughs> and um, you know, the way in which we met each other and fell in love was kind of odd. We, we, um, we were introduced by a mutual friend and we dated long distance for two years. Um, so, you know, it, I don't know that we ever quite negotiated this type of uh, danger Um, at the beginning. You know, there was kind of a lot of safety just because of the fact that we were kind of long distance, you know, um, I, yeah. So, so I don't really know, but, but the other thing I will say is Andrew and I um, fell in love when I was 21 years old and I didn't know much about, you know, I didn't know much. Um, But I, I like to think that, um, you know, if I was in a, in, you know, if I was in, if I was myself, but in a different context now that I would say yes to, uh, to diving in more frequently. Um, and you know, I will say too, although like this doesn't happen to me, like romantically because I'm, I am deeply in love with Andrew. Um, but, uh, but I try to do this in other ways. Like I, I try to, um, you know, let myself like, like fall in love with my, podcast guests, you know, I, I try to kind of, um, put this type of commitment to another person or like a, let's see. And, you know, like a, like a letting down of pride, um, a letting down of walls, a letting down of kind of resistance and self-protection, you know, within reason, you know, obviously like physical danger aside, you know, I really try to kind of let myself, um, go there as often as possible. I think this is like in my, in my values as, as a human. Um, but like I said, you know, I think with, um, with romance, it is a little bit different. You know, the stakes are a little bit different. So, so like I said, I I might be full of shit here, but, but I hope, I hope I'm not. Um, and, and I hope that those of you listening who are single or, um, you know, are in the kinds of relationships, um, where like, uh, falling in love can still be part of your, your story moving forward. Um, I hope that this means something to you and I'd I'd like for it to be, what I would like is for it to be a reminder that, you know, you're always risking a heartbreak, right? Like I think even kind of knowing your partner's, like knowing your partner as well as you can, like you're never not at risk for heartbreak. There's never like any real safety. Um, and I, I get at this idea a lot more in the rest of the record. So if that's if that's an idea that's appealing to you, there's more of it coming. Um, but I like the idea that uh, we never really know, so why not take chances? So why not kind of go into the quicksand as frequently as, as we can? What do we have to lose? I mean... Um, you know, again, kind of f- physical safety, notwithstanding. Um, Anyway, so as we're looking at the pre-chorus, we're kind of we're kind of zooming out, and we're um, we're we're kind of asking ourselves, like, wait, hold on, what is this? Am I getting in too deep? So, looking at the story, I couldn't tell you if it's yours or if it's mine. Like, do I have the upper hand? Does this stranger have the upper hand? Um, And then just kind of as quickly as we are acknowledging this, we're saying it doesn't matter where we're going. It doesn't matter what this is going to turn into. It doesn't matter if it's, if, um, if this will be disappointing or if it will be a great love or if it will be, you know, a beautiful, a beautiful uh, memory or uh, an embarrassing memory right now, it's beautiful right now. It's mysterious and tantalizing and beautiful. So let's go. So we're pulling on a moment. So taking this exact, this beautiful moment where we're looking at this person, you know, being totally mesmerized and saying, this is enough. Um, I'm drawing out these lines. Um, you know, maybe meaning like the, the branches that we view, like we can view this interaction as, you know, we're on a pathway toward a great love or, or a great friendship, you know, cause again, like I like this story best when we're talking about romance, but I think this story also applies to anyone you meet. Um, you, you can have a great, a great love with a friend. Um, you can have a great, you know, partnership, um, a creative partnership. I love the idea of seeing people this way generally, just not knowing who they'll be to you, and um, you know, picking picking a line, picking a a branch, a pathway out into a future, and just saying, well, let's go as far down this pathway as we can. Let's see where it goes. Drawing out the lines, stretching out the time, and then saying, so won't you take me into the fog, into the quicksand? The unknown, something that might be dangerous, blow the candle out. I don't need even this extra light. I don't need this extra safety. I'm, I'm ready. Blow the candle out and don't think twice about the way it's going to land. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't think this is necessarily naive. I think we're saying it, it could land either way. I don't care. I'm, I'm willing to see, I'd like to see blow the candle out, take, you know, take that last bit of safety. Um, don't think twice about the way it's going to land. Take the lion and the lamb, like take, take the, the bad and the good. But also I like this lion and the lamb because, um, it can mean so many different things, like which one's good and which one's bad. I mean, the lion can be dangerous, but the lion can also be strong and uh, like, um, you know, powerful. A lamb can be gentle and safe, but also, uh, helpless, so like you know, I I wanted it to not be a binary. So you know, take the lion and the lamb, and that's up for interpretation. Um, but basically, meaning you know, I'll t- I'll take the strong, you know, bold, aggressive, with the tender, subtle, gentle, whatever those things may be, um, for any given person give me everything you are and you'll have everything I am for now, for later, you know, but, but for right now I'm open. And so that's, you know, that's kind of the crux of the story. Then, um, in verse two, I wanted to have another kind of rhythmic anchor. It's not quite as rhythmic as look at the, but what do you see? Um, and so now I think we're having a little more fear, a little more self-reflection, what do you see when you look at me? Cause you know, all the whole verse one is we're describing what we see. Um, what are, and then kind of wondering what, what are you seeing? What do you think, you know, meaning, what do you think you have figured out about me? What do you think you've, what do you know about this situation? Um, do you think you have the upper hand? Do you know you have the upper hand? Um, what do you think, you know, and what do you mean to keep, um, And I think again, that's up for interpretation. It could mean, do you, do you mean to keep me? Do you mean to cherish these things you're seeing about me? Do you mean to keep the rules? Is your, is it your intention to keep yourself safe? Is it your intention to keep secrets from me? Um, so keep could be like, you know, are you, is this person keeping ourselves like are are they are they keeping these memories are they holding and protecting and cherishing us or are they keeping things to themselves um you know I don't know I think it's it's quite open and I and I like it that way. What are you searching for in shadows? And in verse one we've said look at the way you move through shadows and we are looking and kind of scrutinizing every little bit and trying to see what we can glean you know, what it what are what is this other person searching for in the shadows? Um, how are they seeing us? What'll it be? And I think this means like what will this moment become? What will this relationship become? And also like, well, what'll it be? You know, like um as 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 if we're saying, you know, what will it be folks like what are, wh- what are what are we doing next um what will it be it can be such a small it can be a short like like a yes or a no choice um and it can also be like what will it become which is this big open thing what will we find blushing underneath um i mean i think this is definitely more positive like what kind of beauty and tenderness and you know um what of a kind of things can we discover Um, and I think in this particular line, I like, I'm the, we is important to me. Like, you know, there can be beautiful things to uncover about, you know, a person, each of us has beautiful things to share about ourselves, but there's also like a third option, which is what is the beauty that, that we can only find together? What are the kind of, um, precious truths, um, and interests and intricacies that will only arise in the kind of combination of our two, um, backstories, our two, our two presents. Um, what are the things that we will learn together from the, um, you know, weaving together of our stories? What do we find blushing underneath shaking every time we breathe like this, this third thing, um, this third sort of entity of like, there's a you enemy and an us and these things of this us, like, I think I believe this is true in general, <laughs> like between any two people, um, there is this third thing that can kind of only exist if both parties kind of commit to something, you know, it doesn't have to be You could commit to a day, you could commit to a project, you could commit to, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, it's there. Like this third thing is kind of there, uh, you know, moving, um, you know, um, I, I can't think of a better, like a more romantic way to say this, but like kind of chomping at the bit, like, like a, like it's, it's, it's ready to kind of like come into its own, um, shaking every time we breathe. And then, um, the second pre-chorus is almost the same as the first with some subtle changes. Can you see the story? Can you tell me if it's yours or if it's mine? And then just again, as quickly, ultimately it doesn't matter because we're going. And then we just hear the chorus two more times. Um, there's one more subtle change at the end. Um, that that I like and that I kind of felt thoughtful about but in the very last chorus the I I don't sing give me everything you are the lead vocal just does give me everything and then the background vocals kind of um hint at this you are but you know give me everything and you'll have everything um so you know I think this story as much as it's as much as it's the beginning of potentially a love story, it is so, um, so low. Like the story doesn't really tell us about any actions of the other person. (coughs) The story only tells us about our own actions and without really knowing anything, we are making the decision to surrender, um, safety to surrender, you know, again, like I think I'm talking about like an emotional safety. Um, and I believe that you can, you know, I believe, and I, and I, I do think it's, this is part of my value system as a person. I believe that like, you know, relinquishing that kind of, you know, safety is maybe a loaded word, but, but relinquishing this guard is is a net it's all it's always a net positive um you know if you remember that there's no conditions like being willing to um open yourself up to another person knowing like fully comprehending that that person may not reciprocate I personally believe that that's that's a net positive like that I think that's in my values and I think you know, a lot of the message that I'm trying to convey with this project, um, it is kind of that, um, that, you know, um, loving other people and knowing other people inherently includes risk. Um, yeah. I mean, I think again, like, I think maybe some of you have heard the whole record already. Some of you listening, I think most of you listening haven't. Um, but, but, for those who haven't, you'll see, um, in the rest of the record, this, this is kind of what we continue to dive into. And it's because it's something I believe, um, you know, it's interesting and it's something I've been, I'm I'm about to diverge here, but it's something I've been talking about in with it, with my therapist a lot this year and, um, something that I feel like I'm trying to unravel. But, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways I'm, as a person, I'm really good at being vulnerable. I, I'm so interested in people and I think I have learned this lesson. Like this is something that I that I know um that being vulnerable with a with another person is the only way to have a chance at connection. Um but I think I I think like in some ways I still uh can be a little guarded about what I'm doing creatively and it's something that I'm working on changing, but um I'll say right now, you know, for me, this, this record, this project is something that I feel in many ways, like very humble about, but in some ways I also feel really confident. Um, I feel like my particular life experiences, um, the love that was withheld from me in my childhood, um, is at least, you know, a bit unique, um, maybe not totally unique, but maybe somewhat rare. And I think, um, that kind of love withheld combined with, you know, my, um, just kind of inherent, uh, propensity toward creativity and storytelling and narrative has maybe given me a perspective that, um, I don't know, maybe is kind of special and is kind of important. And, um, you know, writing this, writing this album and writing this story is more more to me than um you know writing some cool songs or some pretty songs or putting together some pretty visuals I do have a purpose here um and I I'm trying to uh wrap up these lessons that I think I know and I I mean for for those who know me you know I'm 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 pretty flexible thinking you know forward I'm 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 always willing to learn that I've been, um, wrong about something, but at this current point in my life, I feel like I've, I feel like I've, I've, um, I understand some things about people that, um, I would love to share that I'm excited to share. Um, and yeah, so, so, um, so quicksand is, is this very important piece And it is like a kind of a literal declaration of a value, um, of a value system of, yeah, being willing to, to go in, you know, without, um, without reciprocation. And again, importantly, it doesn't matter where it's going. So like, if I think, I think if we are willing to see another person and invest in that person, genuinely not knowing whether um their that interest or investment will be reciprocated um again it feels like a net positive to me and also um if you're imagining this as the beginning of a love story it feels like a pretty good beginning of a love story so you know it could go nowhere but it can definitely go somewhere so I hope you love it. Um the production on this is all Jed. Um and uh, Robbie Connolly played added guitars. So in terms of um performance on this track, um almost all of it is just created by Jed, um my producer, and then the guitars are um played by Robbie Connolly. So it's it's me singing all the vocals, all the background vocals. Um, Jed doing all the drums and synthesizers and Robbie adding these gorgeous layers of guitar that I think put us in that like wavy romantic space. Um, it's so beautiful. I hope you love it. I hope you're adding it to all of your Valentine's and romance and dreamy playlists. Um, and then just remember if you're if you're if you're excited for this journey, What we've just completed is this first chapter, the descent. So, um, you know, now that if if you're digging this, go back and listen to the other two songs, listen to the hallowed wide, listen to bitter roots in retrospect, think about how these three chapters are all about kind of one basic thing, which is making a commitment to invest in another person, making a, a commitment to have empathy, to understand another person um and next month we will start the next chapter which is the div- then divide first descend then divide which is going to be all about um yeah like the loss that we kind of have to deal with when um I don't know, loving, loving other people, caring about other people. It inevitably comes with loss. So, um, so, so that chapter is kind of what's next. Um, I'm really excited for it. Um, yeah, I think some of my favorite songs from the record are in this next little bit. So I hope you're looking forward. I certainly am. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say for today. If you have thoughts, um, I would love so much to hear from you again. You know, I feel like in some ways I'm pretty good at being vulnerable, but some of these things are difficult for me to share. Um, and this feels like kind of a meta experiment for me. Like, you know, I'm testing things out at this higher level, kind of seeing how they feel, seeing what it feels like to tell more, um, to be more transparent. Um, So I don't know if that's affecting you in any way. I'd love to hear from you. And yeah, thanks so much for being here with me. And uh, I'll be back. So I I always take the last week of the month off for the podcast, Um, but I'll be back with a new episode, a regular episode of Artifice on the first Tuesday in March. Um, My next single is coming out the second week of March. And then um, in the third week of March, I will have another deep dive, an episode like this, talking about, um, that song. And I'm, I'm scared for that one. That one's going to be, that one's going to be tricky for me to do. So, um, hopefully you're kind of on pins and needles about that with me and okay. I'm just rambling now. That's all. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for being here with me. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you in two weeks for a regular episode and in five weeks for another songwriting deep dive. Okay